There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Monday. It is 545. This is the morning sickness. My name's John. There's Brady. There's Brett. Gout-free Brett. I know. It's crazy. And uh, Big Dick Toledo. It's, yeah, that's a weird story. You had gout on Thursday when we left here. Yeah. And, of course, uh, now now you don't have gout, which was uh, the miracle of a listener feeding you an intravenous something or other. I think it's hair. That was the scary part. Yeah. <laughs> that was the scary part. Our listeners saying, let me uh, treat you intravenously. You'll be like, well, no, is my first reaction. Absolutely. Immediately. Yeah. Absolutely not. Whatever you, whatever needle you want to put in my elbow is a no-go. Now, this guy would, this guy was totally legit. And he I, fixed it. Man, I, like a couple hours later, I'm like up and running around and yeah. stuff. And now I'm pretty much... All back to normal. Pretty awesome. Be able Good to prevent you. the flare-ups, too. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. you got it diagnosed. Well, now you know. If you prevent flare-ups, if you get the cure, flare away, man. Oh, absolutely. Now it's I'm ready like, to roll. It's uh, like having uh, genital warts and you've got the magic button. You just get after anything you need right there. It's, you know, just pound away and then just, hey, I got a guy for that. Well, I was just afraid that like Dr. Kevorkian was going to show yeah. up at the, yeah. you know, the remote and go, hey man, <laughs> let me inject you with some stuff. I'm like, well, all right. with all the news of the Gilgo Beach murder guy, Rex oh, Hallman, this needs to be a bigger story. All I keep hearing about is how hot it is outside. And then they find, you know, they get, they catch this dude who's been killing people since 1996. And I'm learning about it now. We should have been all over. There were 18 different possible people that this dude killed in New, in uh, Long Beach and New, in New York. And they're pretty confident on. Uh, they think what, they got him. Six, six or seven yeah, of them. And they like, got him. Well, they're linked to others. Did you hear Hal Brady with the pizza boxes? That DNA all over his trash. And once you oh, take the trash, they out, tried to get DNA off of everything. And they were yeah, yeah. one of the things pizza crust. Yeah, well, because you go out. It, that's why I always finish the pizza crust. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brady will never be caught for his uh, his mass murders. <laughs> In his serial killer ways, because he's never left a pizza crust behind. They can go through your garbage once it's in the road. And it's uh, it's an awesome little thing. It's like part of the reason they, I think, went to, this makes sense to me, but part of the reason they went to everybody's individual bucket of trash out in the road and, you know, your own garbage being, you know, instead of just one big massive dump. Yeah. Is so that you know if if it, if need be the cops can investigate your trash very easily and then you go out and leave them all the evidence every Tuesday Wednesday whenever trash pickup day is by just dropping it off on a city street where it becomes uh, you know public everything it's theirs you just you're leaving your stuff all over to say here it is and now with DNA matching all they got to do is go through your garbage and grab a couple of items maybe some an old banana peel uh, the pizza crust the pizza box itself you can get DNA off of anything. And the dude was uh, kind of Jack the Ripper esque. Oh yeah, because he was always calling uh, escort. Well, it's escort services. Yeah, are the ones that he's yeah. getting nailed with. And then uh, the same weekend, uh, Jack the Ripper has been identified according well, to another. Yeah, guy. They've done this before. 
But yeah, they got that one. They've got uh, again. Uh, they're finding out all these serial killers, and all we're talking about is the heat because it is hot out. But yeah, that that Gilgo Beach murder guy is pretty great. Especially because when I first heard it, I thought they said dildo, and I started to giggle. The dildo beach murder? Well, first off, where's dildo beach? I got to go see this place. Gilgo. Gilgo beach. But yeah, and it's escorts. And then, so I started looking them from 1996 to 2011 is where they found all these, you know, b- uh, chunks of bodies. Like, they found sets of remains, they kept saying. Not just like a body, sets of remains. I don't even know what that means, but that doesn't sound like a complete package. And then, Some wrapped uh, in uh, camo. Yeah, and they've uh, they've also identified that it was you know pre-internet to now. And I saw a story on the news saying basically this this guy came on and he goes, "You don't realize how many prostitutes there are." He he guessed that there are more prostitutes today available to the general public than ever in the history of man because of uh, websites and things you know like uh, Trist and. Uh, there's a few others. Yeah, they're available because women have now got their their mind wrapped around the cash and saying, like, I forget the name of the one website he, he uh, uh, cut to the chase or something like, uh, what the hell was it called? More money or something like I can't remember what it was. What's your price? That's what it was. What's your price? So where women are basically like, look, I'm looking for a boyfriend. I'm looking for the future. But if it ain't working out, you can still throw one in me for a few hundred bucks. If the dates aren't any good, I'll still be your give it a whirl, sugar daddy, sugar baby kind of thing. And I'll give you a whirl, but I'm not going to go, you know. But if it starts to work out, that's the goal. So what's your price is essentially they they just kind of put a Christmas wish list up. That's what our buddy's doing. We all know that guy who runs that shop, and he's on that list. We, I told you about him a while ago. I'm not using any names, but I did last time. His name's Brian. Anyway, so he's doing it, and... uh and he loves it because he's like, I don't want a girlfriend. And I let him know up front. And they let me know up front, this is the kind of stuff I'm into. So if, you know, if I need my electric bill paid once, I might give you a call. So they call you like a, like you're on their sales list. And say, hey, Brian. Remember me? Uh, we went out on that one. Oh, yeah. I'd, you know, you want to hang out and do some stuff? I could use uh, my electric bills about $400 this month. I'd like somebody to cover that. Like, Sure. Goes out, they have a little fun. Maybe he just comes over, watch some movies. She gives him the goods and then gets out. And he leaves her an electric bill payment. They just had a little survey. They said two-thirds of the people on Tinder are already in relationships. Oh, yeah. No, and beyond that, they're getting yeah. paid for stuff. So yeah. that's what the guy on TV was talking about. He goes, look, the, the escort thing is so much different now than it's ever been because you don't have to walk the streets. You don't need a pimp. You don't. The pimp is the Internet, and they're everywhere, and there's, they're common Amazon and horrors. I mean, it's, it's just, it's gotten, te- technology's great. It's the best. It's the best thing in the world. But wait until they get these AI sex robots going. And it's going to be the best society's ever been. Yeah, but that's, you know, Crazy. so then I don't blame women. At a certain point, it's like, look, I have currency between my legs, and why would I go give this away when it's got value elsewhere? If you're, you know, it's a moral issue, I get the morality of it, and I know you should say to yourself, I should be more valuable than that, but uh, you're doing it for nothing. I was just in Vegas, and let me tell you what, the women use that vagina as currency all over the place in Vegas. They're showing that thing off. You go to the pool in Las Vegas, it's a... like little ATMs walking around right now. They're, they flash it. It's out and it is available for viewing and uh, it's up for grabs. And it's insane how often you see 
dudes just flock to it, and then girls judge whether or not they're going to be part of it, and they're hanging out together. It's a hookup site. Vegas is just a great big website for banging anyway. Yeah, and I would use it if I, look, if I was a girl, I wouldn't, again, I've said this a million times, they're going to waste time with 10 dates with this guy over here, and then find out I don't want to be with him, and then I've also taken a shot from him? Ugh. If I was a girl, I'd walk away from every time I dated a Brady, a Brett, or a John, and said to myself, I could have gotten paid for that. I gave him this thing. I could have gotten some dope we come out, away and we like we paid for that, right? And we leave going. I pay. I might as well just giving her an envelope. <laughs> yeah. We're do, we're doing it anyway. And all those years of hearing, hey, you take them to dinner. You you know you got three or four dates first, and the next thing you know, you're trying to. That's what we're buying. The hope that hey, I like you enough. Are you going to give it up? It's terrible. It's a terrible setup to act like it isn't prostitution. It is. <laughs> this all in the heels of sensitivity trading Friday. Unbelievable. <laughs> I saw a thing because uh, I took sensitivity training online. Just We didn't really have that, but I just wanted to see what it actually was. So on board on Friday, I did a little thing. Do you know that there are some companies where unsolicited salutations are an offense? Well, what's that mean? Hi. Mean? How are you? That's it. You walk up to the wrong person and go, hey, say how's anything. it going? And they're like, all right. That's it. This dude might as well have just tickled my nuts. Where if you're such a you're such a buckled down place that wandering over and just having small talk or chatting with somebody that doesn't want to chat with you can be an HR offense. And so not, this, not that it would interrupt productivity. I don't even think they care about that. Yeah. I think they just want you to not be friendly to the person that doesn't know you that well. Don't get to know the new person. Is essentially what it was. Let it just kind of work itself into the mix. But there's no reason for like wandering over during the workday, uh, you know, like you would do, Brady. Just walk up to the new person. Hey, how you going? Hey, new meat. Yeah, how you, yeah, how you doing, new meat? You got a great set of. <laughs> I'd like to see those someday. <laughs> that just no longer no longer is that looked at as like a real. It's not a friendly gesture anymore. These people are all wound up tight. That's why I don't go say hi to Izzy or KSLX or anything. Yes. I just stay away from everybody. I don't you talk to anybody in the hall. don't know who you're going to piss off yeah. accidentally with the wrong type of hello. Um, the other thing I was reading in sensitivity training, um, they're, they're focusing heavily on eye contact versus eye drift at a lot of uh, businesses. Now, <laughs> eye drift scares me to death That's because weird. I got loads of eye drift. I eye drift a lot. I analyze. I look. And sometimes I'll, but I, I, that, and they say that thing, you know what it came from, oddly enough, is uh, the Clinton story with Monica Lewinsky came from her, her phrase of he undressed me with his eyes became part of the legal court case. He undressed me with his eyes was if a woman feels that you did it. That's essentially what happened. If you want, and I don't even know what that means. He, he was undressing me with his eyes is a legitimate complaint in a lot of places. Now, the good thing about eye drift is you have to get multiple ladies on board. The bad news is if one girl says it and you're not liked in the office, the other one's a lie about it. So you get three or four chicks to go, if we can just get them for looking at us funny. And what if you're one of those people with a Google eye, that drifty eye that you can't tell if they're looking at you or looking for you? Yeah, we gotta, we've met people like that here. They got a Google eye. 
And they're like staring at you, but the other eye's kind of doing its own dance. You know, it's all over the map a little bit, like they're getting shook up, like those uh, pencils, those things on kids' folders. It, it, you can't have it. But yeah, sensitivity training is a what a treat that is. Just hi, how are you today, Stacy? You look great. All right, that's it. Bob's getting fired. No, 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 no. no. Start did, over. What did Steve do wrong? Um, I'm gonna raise my hand and just say he was too nice to Stacy. Exactly. It's it's the old deck. It makes you do the thing I used to always say. Acknowledge, female. And that's it. And now you can't do that. Acknowledging someone's gender is off limits. Eventually, we're all just going to be in little boxes with, uh, you know, blinders on to so protect against So the, the president's greeting of a baby over the weekend is not the way you do it? I didn't see. Did, see did he, he, he numb the back. Oh, did he do that, that again? Chewing on the back. Jesus, he eats funny. babies. I think the guy's yeah. a vampire. Then that's where that whole thing starts. I've seen him do that with babies before where he starts kissing them on the head and sides. Like he doesn't know where their faces are. Anyway, so be careful out there because it is a very strange uh, world we all live in. And also, Johnny Bench is all done. Brady, all your legends are falling. And it was hilarious. Did you see the clip? I didn't hilarious. see the clip. I just read it. So I think it was, I don't remember, it was Bronson Arroyo or somebody, and uh, Pete Rose and Johnny Bench, former Cincinnati Reds greats, uh, already you'd think in it trouble. Pete before. Oh, you'd think Pete would go, like, I got nothing to lose. Johnny Bench is up. But again, it just goes to show that the generations with a microphone uh, amplifying an old man's voice. After the age of about 75 is a bad idea. So Johnny Bench is sitting up there. I think it was Pete Rose telling the story about a former owner, a former person that said, uh, drafted me out of high school and gave me $400. And someone in the crowd goes, that's cheap. And Johnny Bench goes, he was a Jew. (laughs) And Johnny Bench is done. (laughs) Everything Johnny Bench has accomplished is now boiled down to he was a Jew. And the crowd, by the way, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> ah, Johnny Bench is hilarious. We get it. And uh, Johnny's the only one in trouble. But aren't you culpable if you're dying laughing at that? Aren't you as guilty as the guy who said it? And is it a double whammy if you're Jewish and you're laughing at it? No, if you're Jewish and you're laughing at it, you're self-loathing. John Holmberg's morning sickness, the ninety-eight. Holmberg's morning sickness. But yeah, Johnny Bench is all done, and I giggled hysterically. Not so much at the joke, because Johnny just took a low swinging, you know, just t- took a poke at something. But maybe the guy was Jewish, and they used to tease him. You don't know the background story, but Johnny Bench, with a microphone, you're not allowed to just shout out after somebody says, that's cheap, he was a Jew. Johnny Bench is all done. And Johnny Bench has been a lovely man to the public for decades now. So this little step out was Johnny's attempt. And now so he made the crucial error of apologizing for his anti-Semitic remarks. Instead of oh, just... Did he apologize yeah, to him? Yeah, there's a little thing. Basically, it was a statement. I don't know if Johnny wrote it, but it was basically like, I f- up, I, I said Jew. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sit back and I laugh because I'm like, man, the gotcha world is all over it. Nobody ever just goes, hey, 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 bench. Enough with that. Nobody gets slapped in the hand anymore and told you can't do that. Now it's just your whole, your entire accomplished career is over. You're done. You're remembered for this. Tom Brenneman. Who amongst us hasn't used the homo F word once in our lives? But if you do it on a microphone in the wrong spot, you're all done. It's funny how you can uh, 
use it in other things like, oh, he's an Italian. Well, no, and you, people well, don't, it depends. You know. Because you can't if you throw the, the you, WAP bomb out. You can't, out. but it's yeah. a little, right. Yeah. Well, you know why he's covered in spaghetti sauce. Like, here we go. He's one of those, uh, like, boom. The bomb's been, he just, he, he, your entire career implode. And there's and and here's the thing: as much as we can do it private, there's no defending it. The, the second you go, well, now Johnny Benjamin, no, what he meant was no, nope, it's over. And we all know better. We all know better. It's not even worth the risk in a setting of people like with with this audience and with us. We can make jokes tongue in cheek about how silly it is that we get into these situations. Comfortable shoes. We know the room. But I wouldn't do this at like you know, if I'm hosting a charity event. I was like, no, from KUPD, it's trying, and I'm standing out there looking at all these folks, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not getting paid for any of this because the person running it's you. And they'd be like, what's he doing? I'm just playing around, everybody. You can't do that. What do you think, you're Johnny Bench? If Johnny Bench can't get away with it, none of us can because Johnny, Johnny's in the Hall of Fame for crying out loud. He stays there, right? Yeah. They don't. And, and they also, don't take that away. By the way, can't say it the way I did either. When you when you throw in a little bit of the curve, you go, the you. If you throw that part, if you even make it like kind of an affect, you, you're done. But yeah, Johnny said that, and it's like, oh no, because you can you can tell. Not everybody in the room is his friend. They're all there. There's going to be a gotcha guy. It's like those gays in Queen Creek trying to get me that time when they called me Stephen Holmberg and then had articles written about someone named Stephen Holmberg and that poor bastard that lives out in Peoria probably got phone calls from the media because they tried to be gotcha, but they didn't do their research. You're fired. And all I said was, Queen Creek gays, you're bad gays living in Queen Creek. That's not what gays, gays live down in the Biltmore. Putting up rainbow flags in Queen Creek, that's risky. I was warning them. I was an advocate. I was one of their friends. Here we go again. Last thing I'd do is tell a gay guy, you know what you should do? Just drive around Queen Creek with a rainbow flag hanging off your car. Terrible advice. <laughs> so I was actually on their team, and they got mad at me for saying they can't live in Queen Creek. I said, you can live there. Well, you put that rainbow flag up, and you're in MAGA country. You're going to get a couple people to start getting angry at you. It's almost like you're trying to do that. It seems like you're being antagonistic. We should be allowed to fly it anyway. You should. You're absolutely right. And guess what? When you do it in the wrong place, you're going to hear from the wrong people. That's all I'm saying. But then they get mad at you because they're not friends of the show. They don't understand what's going on. They thought I was just being mean. I was actually in their, I was in their corner. Same thing Johnny Bench can't say. Well, I love the Jews. Oh, here we go. That's the worst you can do after you say that stuff. I got plenty of Jew friends. <laughs> Johnny's not going to be allowed to talk for a little while. He hasn't done Rustoleum ads for. I'm sure in Cincinnati. It's been a while. I'm positive in Cincinnati. Johnny Bench's, you know, Skyline Chili he's commercials. Got, he's and stuff. got a, some Mako car air yeah. conditioning company that's local, or whoever the the Eric Bryan Precision AC New AC Unit dot com. Yeah, he probably of, had a since he is. What's the name of the Chevy dealership there in Cincinnati? I can almost years. guarantee he's also on some billboard for a. Uh, bum knee doctor, like you know, if you've got bad knees, and Johnny Bench is there with his thumbs up, or he's jogging in place, or something. He's he's losing all those. Sketchers. Yeah, Doctor Goldstein is no longer going to be Johnny <laughs> Bench's endorsement uh, partner. But yeah, you can't do that kind of stuff. But it was it was funny because it's like, oh no. And my favorite part of it was the hypocrisy of all the people in that crowd. <laughs> Johnny made a Jew joke. 
Anyway, we'll move on now, completely uh, free of any risk on our end for thinking it was hilarious. And, you know, evidently what you're supposed to do, according to sensitivity training, is immediately tattle to get yourself out of hot water. That was the suggestion on the sensitivity training uh, paperwork I saw online. I did this to myself. And it basically said if you hear somebody saying, like if Brett and Brady are talking about somebody and somebody says, well, you know, he's a G. They're supposed to wander off and go, well, I'm, I wasn't part of this. I didn't laugh at it. I didn't like it. And if anybody saw that we were laughing at it, I want to be, I want to distance myself from that. So you're supposed, CYA. To, you're supposed to tattle and say, I didn't like that joke. Now, you might have done this. <laughs> Good one, Brett. I'm going to go tell to make sure everybody knows that I didn't actually like that joke. Yeah, I'll see you later. See you later, boys. That John sure is quality people. Hi, Susie. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Close the door behind me. Tell you that Brett made a G joke and I didn't like it. Well, good. You didn't like it. That makes you good, right? I, I, I laugh. You report. But... You come out to uh, Johnny and hey, lunch today, buddy. <laughs> hey, it's good to see you, pal. How's kids? <laughs> Heard you had gout. Bad because you're racist. I told him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird, but uh, yeah, the Johnny Bench thing. The, the uproarious laughter in the crowd, and not one person goes, that was wrong! Not one person said anything bad. Just later, in hindsight, Johnny Bench said that word. And it's bad. We're all bad people. And it's not nice. I mean, he shouldn't have done it, but at the same time. You can't give a Hall of Famer a little grace <laughs> for being 80. How old is Johnny Bench? He's got to be like 75 or 80, right? Yeah. How old is Johnny Bench? He's uh, 75. You got to give seventy-five-year-old dude. It's a, a pass. You think about all seventy-five-year-olds and what they've had to kind of endure over the last fifteen years, as far as advancing their minds. You keep in mind a seventy-five-year-old; the first sixty years of their lives had to adapt a couple of times, and in the last fifteen years, after they've pretty much cemented their ways, they're being asked to pick up uh, gay, trans uh, kids that don't know what sex they are. Uh, you know, uh, race relations, every, everything that goes sideways on you is like you know, mental disorders. And to keep in mind, a 75-year-old was in the heart of the Vietnam draft era. Uh, those dudes threw some bombs out there as far as race goes. He, he oh, told, yeah. How many oh, times has he told that story? Thousands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The same but he didn't novel. tell it. It wasn't even him telling it. That was the problem is that it was somebody else's story and he fired off. He's... He... <laughs> Like he interjected with one race bomb, but seventy-five-year-old oh, dude. No, no, no. He wasn't telling the story. Someone I'm else sorry, told it. That would have been in his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. And once the yeah. first sign, four hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, and then the, it just has a plant in the crowd going, "That's cheap." <laughs> He's a dude. <laughs> yeah, those Vietnam guys—they had to they had a totally different animal, getting used to what they got used to, and then you got to come back here. And they've, you know, I remember when H.G. Listiak, the former radio superstar, watched my friend Jim Wilson, a Korean, walk away. And he was in the Korean War. And he goes, I trust them a lot more when they're walking away than when they're walking towards you. And I'm like, all right, H.G., the war's been over for a while. <laughs> we worked with him. <laughs> but he didn't like watching Jim come towards him because he flashed back to whatever jungle he got dropped into where he had to attack people that looked like Wilson. Like, that guy's from Indiana. Calm down. I only like them running away from Yeah, me. I only like them when they run away. I'm like, I heard you. <laughs> I get it. You don't like when Wilson's coming at us. And then you say stuff like, hey, you want to go to lunch? And HG didn't 
Not with you. Oh, okay. She was talking to me, first of all. Second, he's not taking you to lunch. I don't want to eat your squid guts. All right, H.G., get in your office. We're all done here. He's not. <laughs> yeah, those dudes have been asked to adapt to a lot. So every once in a while, somebody 75-plus is going to say something. I remember my dad once trying to get used to all this gay stuff. And my dad's gone through a lot of adapting. Because growing up where he grew up in a very heavy, strict European Swedish city in northwestern Pennsylvania that was not forgiving to people who looked different. Because what you don't realize is all these people that talk about how great Europe and Sweden and Norway, they're the most racist people on the planet. Norway just recently passed a law that you can marry someone outside of Norwegian descent. That's not much more than 10 or 12 years old. You can only do it once. And if you recall, when the government did it, a dude went nuts and shot up schools and uh, like a camp, like 80 kids. He took a boat from one place to another to kill kids. He's like, there's no future here in Norway anymore if we're going to infiltrate with it. Got to keep it pure. So my my great-grandparents and stuff were Swedish. To the core. And they raised everybody to be that way. So my and dad, Mount Jewett. Mount Jewett was the name of the town. <laughs> I'm not sure that was a slur or a joke or whatever, but... Is that where Johnny Bench is from? That's exactly where Johnny Bench is going to have to live. But yeah, it was a strict, like, whites policy. Tolerant to a if-you're-working-for-me type level. So my dad, being born in 1947, grew up with his parents saying, no, we don't mix. We don't... We do not mix at all. You have friends... Not in my house. My grandpa was so racist that I had different strokes on in his house, and he made me turn it because he didn't want them inside. That's right. That was a lesson I learned as a kid. My mom pulled me aside and said, your grandfather has horrible beliefs. You, it's okay. Because I felt like I'd done something wrong. Get that off my TV. I don't want them in the house. Like, who? Them. Arnold and Willis? They're awesome. Get it off. I'm like, okay. If it wasn't sports, there's no reason to be entertained by that. So my dad had to adapt to that. And when we moved away from those kind of places, started to realize, oh, Malvar was wrong. So then you, so I remember once we were at dinner and my dad's trying to wrap his head around the gay thing, you know, being like, and he was trying to sound progressive, but it sounded worse because he's saying, you know, I don't care where, if they want to f- each other. The butts and stuff. That's not, just don't do it to me. And I'm like, that's called rape, Dad. That's not what they're <laughs> after. And that's been a law the whole time is that if you don't want somebody to put that in your butt, it's been illegal even before. Even on my mom's side, it's Irish Catholic. And uh, my her parents were, you know, strict to anything outside of that. And then my mom's youngest sister, or second youngest, Sue, marries a Jewish guy. No, oh, Katie Bar the door. elope. Yeah, because the, the time they had, people to leave, kill they had to leave the city. Yeah. It's not that far removed. They're still alive. Took a couple of years to come around. Yeah. They're still alive and they're still functional. It basically is kind of like one of those things where sometimes a 75, 80 year old guy is going to go, all right, well, he's just not part of the new clique yet. You got to give him a break. Now, Johnny Ben should have been told beforehand, okay, you got to know better. If we're going to give you a microphone, not shut up anybody's ethnicity. Just don't. <laughs> But it was funny. Yeah, I know. The whole crowd loved it. You really parked one there. Was, I mean, that was a Johnny Bench special. That was a three-run bomb. But uh, trust me, nobody's going to enjoy that. It's weird. 
And also the WNBA was my weekend up there, that WNBA All-Star. What a weekend. And the good news is it's going to be here next year. The WNBA All-Star is going to be in Phoenix next year. Let me tell you this. Avoid it like the plague. You know what the highlight of the WNBA weekend is? The NBA players. They parade them around like they love the girls. And you got and you get sightings of NBA stars. That's the WNBA's draw. Was how many NBA guys are forced to go to that horrible? Because you're constantly going. Maybe she's a WNBA player. Maybe she is. No, Maybe, you know oh, which ones you know? are. Okay. Yeah, they're all seven feet five and well, hideous. The, I saw the uh, highlight of the history made in the oh. three point shooting contest. Oh well, the cool thing was, and I don't understand this. Like, if you're trying to sell a product to me. Put the best effort forth. But for some reason, the WNBA girls think they've earned enough cachet that on their national stage, they can do what the NBA guys do, which is loaf through an all-star game. These They didn't try a lick. Like the, it, it looked like they were playing outside in 120 degrees, and they weren't really going to put much, much of an effort forth. It was like, meh. It was like 140 to 115 these girls never put up those kind of points. Give me some defense. Show me that there's skill. The Brittany Griner dunk. Yeah, how did that go? Oh. Two of them, it said. Oh, well, yes. One, uh, but, I mean, when you don't have any defense and a referee that's not going to call traveling, she's pretty much going to be able She's 6'9". She should be able to dunk accidentally. She should jam her hand on the rim a lot. She had like 18 rebounds in her triumphant return. My triumphant? He's been back for a while. Let's calm down about it. She's been playing the whole season. So they were like, oh, what a showing. And they did, look, the crowd was big. Mandalay Bay Center, which isn't the largest facility, it was sold out. Also happened to know there was a ton of comps given to a lot of people. Uh, what? Comps. Oh, oh, comps. Oh, comps, oh, Brett. Sorry, please. sorry, sorry. Heard something else. <laughs> Johnny Bench <laughs> Vesley is here. Don Holmberg's Morning Sickness, the 98 KUPD. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. But yeah, so uh, it's going to be here next year, and uh, nothing better than wandering around the downtown in July in 117 degree weather, going from place to place to watch these uh, people you have no idea who they are. I mean, it is. And it was real funny to watch, like... uh, like all the lesbians. There's so many lesbians. <laughs> it was awesome. And, you know, it was interesting. And then dudes who got drugged to it and people who brought their daughters. And I felt bad for those guys because they're like, all right, that's a girl power thing. It's- yeah, but they're free. free right, for the most part, they were free. And they were very unexpected. You can get in and out. It was pretty good. at the Outback Center or what? Here's the dunk. Brett pulled it up. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Look at the defense on this play. This is. Bring it up, big girl. Oh. There you go. Now BG oh, they, with the they, head of steam. One girl ran away they with her head. That yes, that's a slam that's dunk. Me so happy. <laughs> that was a layup. There Here's another. Oh, well, look at the tap back. You will see this Here's the outlet pass. Oh, grim oh, rattler. Boom shakalaka. Look at one, two, three. Oh yeah, no, she got she got to take four <laughs> steps on a jump. It was hilarious. Flat out hilarious. First one almost looked like a layup. It was. Look, the girl runs away. That's not even a dunk. It's, that's yeah. a layup. She loses the ball midway through the tiny ball. It's so bad. That's why she was laughing. And look at all the how it went in. Look at all the defense around her. Oh, look, the one girl like, runs away. There. One girl actually runs away. Where she's supposed to be guarding the middle, but she and she ducked like one of the helicopters from Mass was landing. 
Oh, my God. Yeah, it's is... bad. Oh, it was a bad product. And they put it out there like, look at how awesome we are. And there's a swagger to them that's odd. It was a funny weekend. It was a funny weekend. A treat, I tell you. But it'll be here next summer, and it is. It is bad. <laughs> and there isn't a person that you talk to about that. Because I sat next to a dude at a slot machine, and he goes, I said something about the W. I hear for the big, I, jokingly, you hear for the big WNBA weekend, and he just laughed, and I'm like, that's the proper reaction. <laughs> and we started laughing, and he goes, she's 6'9". She's if she can't dunk, and I'm like, no, we're on the same page here. And then, like, a few seconds later, his wife was standing next to him, and she said something. You guys are just being jerks about it because they're girls. I'm like, no, because they're no good at basketball, and they act like they are. And then he started laughing, and then she said something else about misogyny. And I'm like, yeah, it's totally that way, but it's just not as good. So you know that that's true. And I said, and how many games have you been to? Well, I haven't been to one. I'm like, well, then you don't like women at all because they're playing for you. Oh, you two idiots. If you supported them. And then she walked away, and I just said, women, huh? And he goes, yeah, I hate them. And I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> How dare she call us misogynists? But, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting. And then I saw Nickelback this weekend. Let me tell you about Nickelback. They're kind. Nice gentlemen. Nice. It was a nice recital. It was nice. They're nice boys. Struggle with Nickelback is is enough. For years, I made fun of Nickelback like everybody else until I realized I'm only doing that because that's the thing to do. I know 20 Nickelback songs. I sing along with a lot of them. Now, they're not all whoppers, but Side of a Bullet's pretty great. They got some good stuff, and I know all of them, and not even from just working here. So I go to Nickelback Saturday. They were here last week. First things first, a lot of moms raised their daughters on Nickelback. And now those daughters are in their early 20s, and those moms wish they were, so they're dressed the same, and they're sharing this Nickelback experience. Nickelback, to me, check one for Nickelback, looked a lot like the way rock and roll used to look in the 80s, where a lot of hot girls showed up and cut off jean shorts, showing their assets, and singing along to songs that were fun and, and non-threatening. Check one for Nickelback. Best-looking crowd I've seen in a long time. The last one I saw that looked this good was A Day to Remember. And I'm like, what are all these girls doing here? Like, They're not mad at their dads. They sing about fun stuff. They're, they're cute. Not that Chad Kroger, but the other guys. <laughs> and so I check them for that. Uh, the problem with Nickelback came back for me because I started to say to myself, I'm being mean to Nickelback for no reason. They're actually not bad. I like Nickelback. I'm not going to fall into the trap of just hating them because. And now I'm kind of back in because before they took the stage, they played uh, on the PA Pantera walk. And you're like, hmm, this doesn't really tie in. And then on stage, tried to act like they're. Like, they're, all their screen stuff is them being chased by the cops and, like, <laughs> trying to be yeah, badasses. Trying to be badasses. I'm like, no, 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 Well, they got their big van. It's their big, like, it's their promo thing for this tour because it's on their album. And uh, it's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool looking setup they got. And the van's on the big screens. Just flying around Nickelback's inside. And like, ah, there's Nickelback driving away from the 
police probably for selling loose cigarettes or something. They didn't do anything bad. And then on stage, you're like, oh, man, I drank too much in L.A. last night. But I got, I don't want to get too up, but it's Vegas. And Vegas going, eh, hmm. You guys look pretty Come straight. On. <laughs> Come on. Still Nickelback. And then he's got his red Solo cup, and Chad takes a sip and goes, woo! And I'm like, all right. That's what a guy who doesn't drink does when whiskey hits his tongue. You're, you're putting on a Good act. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can get through the next few songs with all the... I, and then they pulled this thing where they they pretended to pull a guy out of the crowd to do rock star. They're like, let's karaoke one. And then the guitar's like, how about you? And some dude gets up out of, and they sing along. The dude was way too kind. It was all so choreographed and set up. And it was like, oh, you're being Nickelback. You're being everything we don't like about Nickelback. It was kind of weird. But it was nice. It was a nice recital. It wasn't a rock show. Like, you know what no one's ever said about Van Halen or Pantera at the end of the show? They seem nice. Because that's all we said. Like, that was the only thing at the end of the night. I was like, boy, they seem real nice. That seems like a group of guys I'd, I'd go out to dinner with and end the night about 10. They seem nice. I'd go to their house party. But they occasionally try to do hard rock and roll guy thing. Mm, no. No. You look like salesmen at Dillard's. <laughs> You're basically that guy. It would be great if they had that in the backdrop their sponsor oh if they were sold to now here's the other thing though is they're really talented and i don't think they missed a note vocally or musically all night and it sounded incredible uh but nickelback is now off my list seen it kind of back kind of back on the i get it now this is why everybody thinks they're kind of buttholes is they tried real hard to sell me that they were badass I didn't they want just them. need to own it. Yeah, midway through, I just wanted them to go, isn't it wonderful being out and stuff? And Guys, I'm just so happy to be here. Like, just be nice. Stop telling me that you get law up your ass and that you just you get, I can't, you know, I'm always saying the wrong things, man. It's like, no, you're not. You're always saying exactly the right things. Johnny Bench would call them pussies. I mean, it's just <laughs> as simple as that. It just seems so false and prior to the to the concert they they run a video about how the guitar player's wife is helping out with like poor countries with her charity it was beautiful i was like oh this is nice this is incredibly kind some of the money we donate tonight goes to and here's some people we've helped and then they go to these third world dumps and they've got and his wife's out there like washing foreigners and stuff i'm like this is amazing and then to come on and go, yeah, the caps are all over. I'm like, no, they're not. You guys help Africa. Quit it. You're too. You ran a charity thing like Joel Osteen would do before your show, and then you went out and you crushed your twenty two. Feel good about yeah. buying your ticket then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I felt everything I did. I'm like, God, I should go get a T-shirt and help them out with their uh, <laughs> endeavors because they're philanthropic, and that makes me happy. Now they're on stage telling me how drunk you got. You're picking out the big boobied girls. I'm like, he said boobies. Yeah, that's not what Van Halen would have said. That's not what the early days of David Lee Roth wouldn't have called them boobies. But they do have an audience that you're like, hmm. He's a good looking group. It's a good and show. The other thing, it's a nice recital, I kept saying. It's, I call it a recital. It wasn't much of a show. It was like those kids did a nice job. Uh, the other thing I struggled with was people too passionate about Nickelback. 
is like that is not a band. Like if that elicits passion in you, you are like Toledo's not even passionate like that about Nickelback, and he's the type of person you'd be like. He's it's the Stewart thing from uh, Beavis and Butthead. Wearing the winger, the winger shirt. shirt. Yeah. Like nobody likes Winger that much. Nobody like, but to buy their merch and wander around with it on is like. Mm. And there was a girl in front of me in the suite that was she just knew every word, and she was singing it right into the ear of the guy that brung her. And oh, man, oh man, guy. that she she didn't watch the show once. She'd hear the song starting, woo, her hand would go in the air, and then she'd just look at her boyfriend and go, "I want to be a rock star." I'm like, "Oh, here we go." She's going to sing the whole thing to his face. This poor prick's trying to watch the show and can't. I knew I should have took her to the WNBA game. <laughs> right. God damn it. Well, it was on before Nickelback. <laughs> you could do both. Oh, yeah, man. The WNBA game started at like 5 and ended at 6.30, <sighs> 7 o'clock, grab some dinner, go over and perfect. see Nickelback. It was a perfect Saturday. It was just perfect. <laughs> I checked off a couple boxes I don't care to ever check off again. The lesbian convention and then Nickelback, which... I kind of think might have turned into a lesbian. There were a lot of people that were just girl. You don't see that at like Pantera ever. What, girls, just two girls going together. Yeah, you just don't. And then like gaggles of chicks were there, like and singing everywhere. I'm like, they like Nickelback. That's there's a that's like a video game unlock. You're like, oh, oh. Yeah, it was weird, but uh, interesting. And that arena was sold out, just like the one here, and packed full. It's crazy. How much? And we'd all trade places with Nickelback. Let's not fool ourselves. If you stood on stage and, you know, and somebody made funny all the time, it's like, okay, well, there's another million in my pocket. Enjoy your night, loser. I, that's that's how they should own it. Like, you know, Chad Kroger should be like, oh, yeah, you're making fun of us. Yeah. Here's my banker's Yeah, seats. exactly. On the screen behind them, should just have their balance sheets. Yeah. Like, this is my this is my fidelity. This is my retirement account. This is, uh, this is my current checking, which is more than your house. <laughs> and you know why it's that high? I haven't had time, because money just cycles in so often, to move it into investment. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I would my, own that. My checking account jumps up to around 400 grand every once in a while, and I got to pop that over because you don't want to keep it in checking. A smart person knows that. Mm-hmm. And then Chad Kroger should just give financial advice like Dave Ramsey and then do, like, you know, one of his silly songs. <laughs> and then everybody in the crowd would be like, these guys are being dicks. Like, yeah, who's the yep. cool one now? So, wow. in the background, you want stuff like rice and beans, beans and rice? <laughs> yeah, just like uh, a plan. <laughs> Here's how you guys in the upper deck could uh, live a, li- a little bit better. Write a shallow song and then, like, give it to me and I'll make it a smash. And they've got all the money in the world. They looked rich on stage. They look really clean. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> like, if I had a daughter, I'd be like, you know what? Show Chad Kroger your <laughs> Let's get you by Chad. This is a nice boy. I think you should have him. I would love it if, like, if... Uh, you know, the leads, if Marilyn Manson came home with my daughter, he'd be like, oh, no, horrible things are going to happen to her. But if Chad Kroger was His standing there, eyes. what's he do? He's the lead singer of a rock band. Oh, this could be trouble. Who is it? It's Chad from Nickelback. Oh. Oh, come on in. Come on in. This will be great. <laughs> Want some chicken, Chad? <laughs> my wife makes up some delicious meals. They're so Canadian. But, yeah, not exactly the raucous party that you'd want it to be. I ate cookies, and I had, uh, like, I was in the suite. It was in a banker's suite, and it was, like, very nice, and there were cookies. And I asked the lady running the thing. I'm like, hey, it seems like we're kind of running a little light on those cookies. 
She ran off and got me like three or four more really big ones. I'm like, this is fantastic. So there I was, if you can picture this, at that hard-ass rock and roll show with a cranberry vodka in one hand and a chocolate chip cookie the size of my face in the other. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly the tough guy moment I was expecting. This is a stick on that cookie, like a lollipop. (laughs) Right. It, it might, if I'd had that in a propeller hat, I'd have fit right, like right perfectly into what they should sell lollies at the Nickelback show because you feel like that. Anyway, what are you going to do? Yeah, it was a strange weekend, a good one. But I'm sensitive now. I'm more sensitive. I went to Nickelback. I saw some WNBA stuff. And I was offered tickets to go to the Skills Challenge Friday. You missed history, I man. I said no to that. I've seen basketball skills, and uh, there's no need to watch. The lesser, I just go to a, a gym in the Maryvale or South Phoenix somewhere, and I'll watch some real skills in basketball. I don't need to watch this. I see Kelsey Plum knocking down three pointers with nobody standing in front of her. Oh boy! Let's get ourselves a wake up song, shall we? A good one. Five eight five ninety eight hundred, and we'll scream it together. It's ninety eight KUPD. Wake up! It's out of control now. 